What's up, Beaver fam? It's Tanner Smith, Morgan State Baseball. You're listening to the Belligerent Beavs podcast. Go Beavs and chop. Did you guys see each other this week or what? Yeah. I saw no updates. We, we saw each other yesterday. We Did you just like stare at each other's eyes for 30 seconds and then walk in different directions? We just ga- we gazed into each other's eyes and ate oysters on the waterfront. Wow. That was we, we, we did do that. There, there's no lies detected. We went to <laughs> Elliot's on the waterfront in Seattle. And then the next day we went to the Ballard Farmer's Market and uh, the Kangaroo and the Kiwi, which is my new favorite bar. Yeah, that that bar is awesome. The Kangaroo and the Kiwi. It's a it's an Australian and New Zealand bar in an old library and like a big rugby hangout spot. I wonder if Gary's yeah. been there. I I, I, I I have now been there. I think it's just that's probably a portal. Oh, to, Gary, not Terry. Yeah, no, not Terry. <laughs> Gary. I, I think it's a portal to Australia. It's like this the it shortcut is. way. You just it's, walk yeah, into the from, library. I think you saw enough of Harry Potter, right? Maybe not, but when they uh, they can travel through fireplaces. Yeah, and there was a very cozy fireplace in the room. Oh yes, that Ben and I had to ourselves. It was very <laughs> romantic, and uh, Gary Bazana's head popped up in the fireplace. Wow, cool! And said and said, and said hello. We played a game of knifey spoony, and then he went back to, <laughs> to Australia. He kicked your ass at knifey spoony. <laughs> he kicked our asses at knifey spoony he's he's clearly played knifey spoony before <laughs> shout out to gary bizana there this was not in the notes to start the episode with uh, so yeah maybe just play the intro music now jp <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yes, I did just get back. I got back home from after spending most of the last week in Seattle. Got back into my apartment like eight minutes ago and shoved some pizza in my face. Activated the activated this 87th episode of the Belligerent Beavs podcast. And now Woo! We are. Here we who's, are. Who's a who's a famous number 87? Oh man, this, this, that's risky to bring that up with our unprompted <laughs> Benny. We're gonna piss off. Oh, Joe Halahuni. Ah, nice. I like Boom. that. Big Joe. Good call. Good call out. Halloween Joe Halloweeny had uh, the great, like, like the tight end leap better than I think anyone else I'd ever seen. The tight end leap? Like, the t- you, like you know how, like, it's like tight ends are always hurdling guys. Oh, yeah. Like another three to four yards, and they just look awesome because they're so big. Um, <laughs> but, like, like, guys like Jermaine Wiggins on the Vikings would do it and, like, just kind of topple over because <laughs> he, he wasn't quite as athletic as Halahuni. But I remember it was a game at Cal. Halahuni just, it wasn't almost didn't even hurdle over him. He just, like, vertically jumped over him and kept running. Like, he had it just jumped as high as he could. <laughs> Hell of a player. Nice. And hell of a football name. No kidding. I mean, it doesn't really get much better than that. Also, another another legendary 87. Not not Oregon State affiliated, but rest in peace, Dwight Clark. Mm. Rest in peace, Dwight Clark. Another good uh, leaper, as Great. we have all seen watching that any NFL films episode. Yeah, the catch. <laughs> yeah. Shout out the catch. Um, well, on that note, we, we start this episode of the Belligerent Beavs podcast. Um, all, all of Beaver Nation is in mourning uh due to the the somber news that uh reached us today 
uh, and that is, um, of course, the the death of Oregon State legend and namesake of the Fosbury flop, Dick Fosbury. He's passed away at the age of 76 after recurring bouts of lymphoma, and we are obviously devastated. Our thoughts, uh, condolences, prayers, vibes, and, and hugs, virtual and otherwise, go out to the, the Fosbury family. Um, his his wife Robin and uh, his and his and his kids and stepkids. Um, one just an all time all time athlete, but even more so an all time dude and and someone that we we didn't get to spend nearly enough time with. But uh, exchanged a lot of DMs, not a lot, but a handful of DMs with uh, over the the life of this podcast. And he was always very supportive uh, and generous with his time in in ways that he absolutely did not need to be. Um, so yeah, not uh Benny, you uh were the one who came across this news first and shared it with us and uh yeah, put a put a dark cloud over over this Monday, uh March 13th. Yeah, it's um it, it's an interesting he has an interesting story with Oregon State but just like interesting in the fact that he left such a unique mark on his sport to the point where I, I'm not sure that I can think of any other move that's so widely used in the, in a particular sport that they name it after the person that first did it. Um, and so like you talk about someone who is completely revolutionary in their craft and um, I can't think of another person that you could put in front of him. So um, certainly be thinking about him every, every time I see someone do, uh, do the flop. Yeah. Yeah. And like one thing I want to call out, obviously his story is, Pretty incredible. Um, coming out of Medford, he was like one of the worst track and field athletes in high school, and <laughs> was pretty much told to not to not even pursue track any further. Uh, and he obviously um, was an innovator, but I think he was just somebody who had so much belief in himself that uh, he went out and just did what no one else was doing, um, and combined those like those two passions of uh, self-belief and innovation and like made made a move that really everyone had been trying to solve i mean it wasn't like everyone was just content with the way high jumpers were competing it was like all these people were trying to find an edge and there was multiple ways to do the high jump at the time and like there was like the straddle there was i don't know there's a couple other different techniques and then people were just like making micro improvements on those techniques years for years and years. And he just came through and was like, well, what if I just change like the, my center of gravity? So I actually don't right. need to jump as high. <laughs> and, and that's just like an incredible, incredible thing, uh, especially to come from a guy who had been told to like give up. And for us personally, Terry, you alluded to this, like, I mean, he, from the beginning, he gave us attention and like kind of gave us some validation. Um, he followed us early on. He was engaging with us on Twitter. I think other people saw that pretty quickly and they were like messaging us like, whoa, did you guys see that? Like Dick Fosbury liked your tweet or right. wrote you back? <laughs> um, and of course we did. We thought it was amazing. Uh, we, yeah. we went back and forth with him to try to get him scheduled uh, to come on the podcast. He was really excited about it. Life got in the way, schedules got in the way. Um, he was you know, really still very active in the track and field community and trying to you know fit around that schedule made it really difficult. And I think that's like one of, gonna be at least one of my biggest regrets uh, of this podcast is never getting him on because I think his story told from his words would have been something that I would have cherished that we captured you know forever. Yeah. 
And he had that reputation too of being just incredible to interact with, like as a fan at, at Oregon State events uh, and just <laughs> around town. Uh, I've heard so many stories of people who got the chance to meet him and uh, just the absolute just, uh, joy and, and gratitude that uh, he radiated from simply just just being. Uh, but yeah, that's it's it's an incredible story of him having having the fortitude and the heart to to not give up when he was essentially told to give up, but also just the intelligence and the brain power to be like, I actually understand the science better than you. So I'm going to rewrite how this sport is done, manipulate my center of gravity to win a gold medal at, at the flipping Olympics. Yeah. Uh, so um, obviously uh, met many, many honors for him. Um, uh, obviously we weren't in, in school, uh, unfortunately, but we've since visiting uh, got the chance to, to visit the the statue on, on campus that was unveiled in 2018, which was uh, in honor of the 50th anniversary of his Olympic gold. And just uh, per per Oregon State Athletics here, I want to list off the the number the sheer number of Hall of Fames. Uh, I think we he's safely in the Bay Bay's Hall of Fame. We know that, but he's also a member of the State of Oregon Sports Hall of Fame, the Oregon State Sports Hall of Fame. U.S. Olympic Hall of Fame, USA Track and Field Hall of Fame, World Humanitarian Hall of Fame, and the National High School Hall of Fame. Uh, probably, probably a few more too, <laughs> somewhere, somewhere <laughs> out there. Probably, probably got his name on the wall at Suds and Suds. Uh, pro probably, uh, you know, a, more too many achievements uh, and amazing things uh, to list in one press release. But yeah, R.I.P. Yeah, no kid. It's it's one of those things where. Um, I always feel a bit envious of, of people who are able to say like firsthand, um, you know, greatness wasn't, uh, completed by listening to validation from other people or listening to what other people tell you. Right. And, um, and I think that's so cool that when people do have the courage, uh, to be able to trust in themselves and look past the naysayers um, and, and know that they can do what they're seeking out to do. And um, certainly takes a special type of person to be able to, to dig that deep. So yeah, special, he's a very special guy and will certainly be missed in, in the OSU community and um, you know, his community in a more broader sense. For sure. Yeah. And like one, one last thing, Benny, to, to, to wrap up on, on uh, Mr. Fosbury, but um, you mentioned like no, there's been no move in athletics that has just retained the name of the inventor. And I think that that is so amazing and worthy because his move became the de facto only standard for high jumpers. As right. soon as he won that gold medal, there was no one trying to you know, pursue competition in the high jump doing it any other way. And it was one person who coined it and made it uh, his move. He didn't coin the phrase. I think that was coined uh, in competition by a, a reporter at some point. But... It, it's like imagine naming the like a crossover in basketball after somebody right i mean like right like it's not the tim hardaway or the Allen iverson right um <laughs> it, like imagine the forward pass being named after somebody like and, and it's still yeah. retained to this day um like there there's just like there's a variety of ways that like, other sports still do moves and actions um and it and it's just become innovation through uh, I don't know, iteration, you know, it's just over time, people just got better and better at honing in certain skills required to play the sport that they're pursuing. And he just flipped it all on his head, literally, and uh, made it the best and only way to uh, approach an event that's like 
one of the like a part of one of the oldest sports in history. So, right. um, yeah, I think legendary doesn't even begin to describe uh, what his legacy is. Uh, but like you said, he'll be sorely missed in the Oregon State community and the track and field community as well. And the mm-hmm. Olympic community, really. Uh, people who yeah. didn't ever run track or do the high jump, that watched the Olympics as kids. My dad was one of them. And, like, you know, he grew up idolizing Dick Fosbury because of what he did uh, in, the, in the Olympics and um, just the innovation that he brought to the sport. So a lot of people will be, will be missing him for a long time, I think. Yeah, well said. Well said. Well, I think uh, that leads us to uh, what should be a, a, a quick rag and beer segment and where we obviously toast <laughs> to, to Mr. Fosbury uh, at the end. I thankfully have something, but it's the exact same. It's the Fresh Prince that I had last week. Nice. I was like, wait a minute. I left on I left on Wednesday, literally just got back. I was like, what is in my fridge? I <laughs> don't know. Uh, what a little, little terrifying. Uh, thankfully, there's nothing in there growing mold or anything like that. Adulting for the win. And <laughs> there is still a, it was a fresh 12 pack that I bought before the last week's episode. So I am staying fresh with the Fresh Prince cold IPA from Shell's Brewing Company. Are you nice. going to be the Fresh Prince of your new place? Mm. <laughs> Wow, I, mm. I I I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, the belligerent Peeves Empire is is growing uh, to uh, add a, a official uh, home ownership title in the Minneapolis area. Damn uh, right! On April 11th, I, I will be closing uh, on my first home ever. Woo! Assuming assuming nothing goes horribly wrong before then, and uh, you know. <laughs> Everyone, based what I know about the home, uh, the the you know house market is that you know nothing goes wrong. It's very it's very easy and good for the buyer. <laughs> so uh, I don't expect anything to go wrong. But <laughs> thank you, thank you for dropping that in to the middle of an yes. episode. Yes, congratulations. Yeah, thank congrats, you. man. And when you guys, the plan as of now is I'll have it when you guys are here to watch uh, Los Gigantes uh, versus the Twins at Target Field in May. So I'll actually there'll be space. It's a, a proper place for more than three, four people uh, to stay. So it's not like uh, just multiple air mattresses and couches strewn about my apartment. <laughs> you, <guys laughs> your own rooms. you know, what's funny, though, is I kind of caught myself in a pickle uh, and telling my wife that you had uh, your, your closing on a house <laughs> um, because when we were first planning this trip, you know, it's going to be like a month after my third child is born. Oh, and right, yeah. uh, she said, well, maybe you should like bring Ev with you, you know, and like <laughs> kind of not leave me with three kids. And I was like, I yeah, can't bring maybe. him to Terry's apartment. Like we're like, we're going to have to be like <laughs> quiet at like 9 p.m. at the latest and like just yeah. sitting around in the dark. And then she's like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. If there's no for him to sleep, like, then, you know, it won't work. And then I was like, yeah, Terry's going to have enough bedrooms for everybody. And right. he's going to have it before we get there. Ev can, can have his own bedroom. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, blah, blah, blah. Just, like, right. walked it back. But, uh, you know, luckily, I think she's fine. I don't know that there's ever been a child in my apartment. So, um, but, yeah, if, if, Ev wants, if Ev wants to come, there's definitely room for him. I can. But you have a house now. You'll have a house. I was in your apartment. That's yeah, there's definitely <laughs> Child. Yeah. I mean, a giant child lives here at all times. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> me, Ben, and uh, Anna Skinder were there for one weekend and had pizza and White Castle at at for the same meal in my apartment. So there's, def- <laughs> there's definitely no uh, 
you know, there's there's no must be this mature uh, to to enter signs. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if if you want to add to the trip, I, I think we can we can arrange that. Yeah, I'll see. Uh, but we'll see if if you also want to make this a solo JP at the ballpark trip. I don't think anyone can blame you. <laughs> I mean, other other than your wife, of course. But, yeah, but she'll definitely blame me. Right. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, speaking of blame, <laughs> I, JP, you got a big pickleball game after this. I do. Yeah, but... and I won last week. By the way, to update the listeners, nice. I, my... awesome. I won. So you twice. are kicked off the podcast. Great. Ooh. Yeah, I was crushing you won, it, and then you dude. won again. All nice. of that, all of that, we tennis was just coming back, and I was I just mm. zipping them right down the middle between the two uh, opponents, and they'd look at each other like you go, you know. And it was beautiful. I'm nice. I'm pursuing pickleball <laughs> professionally soon. Wait, so you sh- what did you drink before playing pickleball last week? And maybe you should just drink the same thing. Pickle juice. I think I drank a Starburst, <laughs> which I am, but I'm also drinking. <laughs> this is tonight's one, and and like this is. The most serendipitous thing ever, I feel like, because I'm looking at my fridge and I'm thinking, I don't really know what I have in here right at this point. I didn't really get anything specifically for tonight. And I have things kind of organized by beer type. So I'm looking at the IPA section and right there in front is Brainchild. Ooh. And as a ode to Mr. Fosbury, the brainchild of the, the Fosbury flop, I just selected it. And it's a nice. triple IPA as well. So... It can't make any more sense than that, and it is very, very good. I gave it a four point two zero out of five. Nice, yeah, nice. That that is a great segue into mine, um, <laughs> which is a joint with my joint lighter. Oh, nice. Is this is this the same joint that we shared on Saturday night? This is. Um, it might be. You know what? It might. You be. only had we that did, much of it. What's wrong with we you guys? We did not have that. We, we did not have that much of it, and then we went to bed. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We were in bed by 11 o'clock, maybe 1130. Um, let's say 1130 so that yeah. the, the cool kids still think we're cool kids. No, that's not happening. <laughs> we should have just stayed out till midnight or one or whenever the time change happens, because then we'd really have stayed out. Dude, I was the time change had to be fucked up on Sunday morning. Yeah, same. Uh, Probably right. why you had like three cups of coffee. OK, should we shall we cheers? Yes. Cheers to um the man, the myth, the legend, Dick Fosbury. Cheers, Foz. Well, I need another beverage, so I'm going to do that. But uh, while I do that, JP, uh, please talk about Jordan Pope and, yes. and being named to the Pac-12 all-freshman team, but also being snubbed for Pac-12 freshman of the year, which does suck. But good news, both him and Glenn Taylor Jr. saying they are for sure coming back next year. I think that everyone's uh, approaching next season already as if they're they're committed, um, which is great to see. I think the biggest fear with this program is that uh, the turnaround appears to be in the works, and there's the the talent in place, the culture's back, um, the momentum is starting to build, and to see anyone that is a, a true impact uh, on on the team on either side of offense or defense leave would be a disaster. It would be an absolute disaster. And so both Jordan and Glenn coming out right away and saying, no, we're like 200% committed to, to sticking it out here. We have something special. Um, it wasn't just like a, no, I'll be here next year. It was a lot of there was a lot of talk about no we're we're doing it we're going to be a top twenty team next year that's the goal is to be in the top twenty to be ranked, um, and I don't 
I don't think that these guys are full of shit. I don't. And like about coming back, about being in the top 20, about really saying that the talent is there, that the camaraderie is there, that they like playing with each other and for each other. So I, I'm really, really excited about the potential of this team. I mean, dude, a year ago, at this point in the year, we held a funeral for the basketball season, for the men's yeah. basketball season. We sure we did. Dro- we dropped a eulogy. We invited friends of the of the pod and some of the uh, the biggest friends we know of Oregon State men's basketball in the Peyton years, and Sam and Andy joined us for this funeral. Um, I, like was even close to feeling the same uh, at the end of the season as I was last year. And I think that goes to show, like, if I'm just an outsider looking in and seeing you know, people's reactions on the court, uh, hearing and reading things uh, after games and watching them play together, and I felt good about next season, you know, sure as hell, those guys feel even better about it inside. So, um, yeah, all fresh and congrats, Jordan. Freshman of the year, you were robbed. I think the mo- you were by far the most consistent impact player as a freshman in the Pac-12, but, you know, it is what it is. It's Bieber bias. And yeah. and the freshman that was most important to their team, I would say. Oh, 100%. He was probably the MVP yeah. of our team. Yeah. Oh, and a for freshman. Sure. So, right. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm um, I, I'm optimistic of that news. I, I do think that uh, the um, collective, the NIL collective, targeting both uh, Pope and Glenn Taylor Jr. Um, is hopefully a big part of this. I think that, um, you know, that that shows, yes, they have um, the support of the fans, but they also have the financial support too. Um, so I think that that was a really good call because if, if either one of them decide not to come back, the feeling is totally different going into next year. Um, and I, I just think like you're going to see them grow and what can you put around them um, that really will take Oregon State to that goal of being a top 20 team and competing for a Pac-12 title? And I think it's um, most teams that finished 11th out of a 12-team league or conference um, staying at the end of the season. Like, they're, you know, you the goal is to compete for a title in the conference the, the following year. Most of the time, that's crazy. I think that um, that would be really lofty expectations for next year, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities if you can find the right pieces to put around them. For sure. I, I'm glad that I'm hearing that out of them. You know, I don't, I don't share the exact blend of optimism but also just glenn <clears throat> gtj's second half of the season was significantly better than first mm-hmm. so he's got uh, some momentum and vibes going into uh this next season and uh pope was you know, fantastic so for him to be bought in and you know we've got some some talent coming in uh we'll see how uh, tinkle plays the the transfer portal and yeah and i mean losing we're losing andela we know that for sure uh hashtag hella andela shout out to to you rod and for being <laughs> being a crucial part of uh the elite eight run and all of, all of the effort um and also uh dimitri rooney who is uh this one year transfer uh for for this season mm-hmm. uh, appreciate all of that but i mean losing those two you're you're returning most of the positivity from this season yep. uh and then there'll be you if someone you know jordan i thought was fantastic so not every recruit is gonna pop as a freshman the same way that he popped but that's also not the craziest thing in the world to to happen so we, you've got uh two guys i think you feel really good about uh i feel good about a as well and 
mm-hmm. with the stability. I think the I don't foresee many changes in the coaching staff. I think guys like Ravino clearly were positive additions to that staff and just how like we talked about all the time, like, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're frustrated with this. Like 11 and, and 21 is not what we want out of any basketball season, but just knowing that this wasn't a team that didn't hate each other and, and played hard for each other and even surprised in some moments. So, uh, so we'll see, it'll be a very interesting off season. Uh, and as the 2023, 2024 roster comes to fruition, but yeah, shouts to, shouts to Jordan. Yeah, I think it, it feels this feels so different uh, of an off season and, and going into a new season uh, for Tinkle than what I've ever felt before, and I think that's because so you had sort of the first run of Tinkle or the first chapter of Tinkle at Oregon State, and it was all like having the sons of coaches on the team, and I think the dynamic uh, and and trying to coach the dynamic of a team where you have coaches sons on it is so different than coaching a team that has no coaches sons on it. You, you, you like, I feel like the vibe is going to be different. And I think that Tinkle may have struggled with that in the first season. And I obviously don't think that that's the full reason why we saw uh, what we saw last year in terms of the camaraderie of the team. Um, but it seems like there is a huge focus on culture going from last year to this year. And I think if you can continue that, like that's what we see on the football team. We see players that want to come here because the culture is so good. Um, And I think like that is the only way for a school like Oregon state that is at such a disadvantage in so many ways to some of the other schools in the conference, you need to rely on things like culture and players wanting to come and play here um, because it's, you know, so fun or so engaging or it grows them as a player. Um, and so that, that's really what I want to see for uh, 2023, 2024 season. For sure. Um, well, and then on, uh, I think the only thing left, on basketball uh one i want to shout out the the fans who stuck it out uh there's beat all season there's a lot of engagement for for a team that went three and 28 last year and a team that went 11 21 last year this year uh oregon state fans as we know are just incredible so uh, in in our discord and on twitter and people just you know ready to get into the nitty-gritty with this team and still watching the games in january february march when we kind of knew that a the season was lost, maybe not all the way lost the way last season was, but uh, love talking about this team with the fans. So uh, shout out to to the Peyton years, the Peyton heads. Uh, if you went to Vegas, good on you. Yep. I know it's always fun to go to Vegas, but if you went to Vegas specifically <laughs> uh, to support Oregon State men's or women's basketball during the conference tournament, then uh, you are uh, – a part of part you have part of our hearts forever and please join our bracket pools for gosh yeah. sakes we have a we have yeah. a Blizzard Beavs, uh, march madness bracket for both the men's and women's tournaments uh we'll we'll tweet out and ig links and stuff uh uh this week um and yeah how, how else can people sign up for this jp yeah go through the links you do it on like a browser you can have the app um, I think you can search for it in the apps if you just look for the pools and it's like Belligerent Beefs Bedlam. Nice. I try to go March Madness, you know, alliteration in a way and Benny Belligerent Bedlam. Belligerent Beefs Bedlam, it, baby. So. And there was no other, there was not a B word for March. So um, Ben's half birthday month. It is your half that's, birthday that's, month. That's several yeah. words, but nice. Sure. Um. <laughs> Ben's birthday half month. Uh, <laughs> 
But yeah, sign up. It's it's just for fun. There's no money involved, but I think that could be something we do down the road if we're seeing a lot of interest in uh hundred bucks. A thousand uh, bucks. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Who do you guys yeah, have it, winning? I have not filled it out yet, mm. to be honest. I'll mm. probably have South Carolina in the women's bracket though. Yeah. <laughs> I think Although, so. Although I mean oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard. I was UP. I was watching around the horn. Yeah, uh, UP. <laughs> I was wa- I was watching around the horn on the plane today, and Reality asked uh, the four writers here on uh, today's episode, South Carolina or the field, and two of them took South Carolina, and two of them took the field. Because there's some good teams, you know. I after watching Iowa in person last weekend, betting against Caitlin Clark fe- feels foolish, but I also know how good that South Carolina team is and how good Aaliyah Boston is. Um, but yeah, by this time, you know, I'll we'll we'll have our. Uh, We'll make our final fours public before before games tip off at the end of the week. Yeah, I've got UT in the men's bracket. Ooh, that's a sexy little pick, Benny. Yeah, they're a sexy little guy. Yeah, uh, thanks. All right. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, let's let's move on before we make basketball even weirder. Uh, JP, <laughs> you were in the Parents of the Pacific Northwest this weekend. I was. And you know what I forgot to do? And I thought about it on my way home. I forgot to send oh. you guys pictures of my local boys. Oh, oh. That, That's better than forgetting to go to local boys, though. Oh, I did not forget. We, that is, yeah. we also went to Claude's. <laughs> oh, nice. nice. Yeah. Shout out, Claude's. Your, is, do, do they recognize Poppy at Claude's yet? <laughs> no. If but, you're a new I, listener to the podcast, uh, Poppy is... Uh, JP's adorable, almost two-year-old now, right? No, now two. Now oh. two. Uh, Penelope, affectionately known as Poppy, who is the sweetest and meanest uh, human being on the planet. That's how you know she's <laughs> JP's daughter. Yeah. But, uh, has, has had has had uh, reels of her dancing at Claude's uh, going go viral. Uh, the only time anyone's been happy to have a reel of them dancing at Claude's go viral. Uh, <laughs> but nice. So what 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 was your local boys order? And and it was a five A. We just got a bunch of five A's so we could yes. you know, feed the kids, feed ourselves, and then head home. We did it after the meet. We went to the gym meet for senior day. Shout out Oregon State Gymnastics. Shout out Maddie Dagan. We'll get into oh, it. Yeah. Um, but when we got when we got to Claude's, uh, yeah, my daughter Penelope like knew right away where to go, and she ran to the back, yeah. not the back room, the back video game room to the guns, <laughs> the gun game, and she immediately <laughs> pulled it out like and wanted to start shooting the gun, and I was like, oh, all right, I'll put like a dollar in or something. So I go and I like looking at the machine, how much you know, how many plays a dollar gets us. And the machine says ten dollar credit. Oh, so y'all just got to play all day then? We got to play all day, and so some <laughs> good soul left us a ten dollar credit. Thank you there so you much go. for that. Yeah, we were shooting zombie elk, elk Zo- zombies. It was great. <laughs> that sounds like an awesome game. That's just Corvallis generosity right there. I thought you were say that's just Corvallis says zombie elk. That's all the elk yeah, and zombies. zombies. <laughs> Wait, was this a video? Was this a video game or Monroe Street After Dark? Yeah, I can't. <laughs> uh, nice. It was, was going to be back. Weather was great. You know, I was going to say we parked right in front great. of Dixon. Uh, we got so lucky because the, there was a baseball game going on, of course, at the same time against Washington State. Um, and that started about an hour before. So first pitch was like an hour before the the meet started. And so I was very, very worried about parking, uh, but we were trying to get as close as we could. 
and we pulled we we swung a right up uh 26th uh to go past Dixon just in case and there was one spot for free right there Ooh. did it say reserved for members of the belligerent beefs podcast only <laughs> yeah. by Lance because yeah that's it that's did. a dream of mine effective as of now well, I was there and I was, I saw, I saw Reeser, you know, from the, uh, the East side and just was looking at it. And it reminded me that, um, we've been promised a tour. We still need to, uh, take oh, them yeah, we up need on to follow this. up though. Yeah. That, that's, that's on us. I'm uh, just saying we, that's we need us. to that's do that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's uh, literally on my sorry. other screen right now. Is this, <laughs> that's of course always it is. on your other yeah. screen. <laughs> yeah. If only Jeff Bezos knew what you were using your second screen for work for. <laughs> not, not only would he demand you work in person three days a week, he'd be like, all right, no more second screens. <laughs> Amazon can't afford to provide its employees with two screens. <laughs> uh, I, uh, so at this conference uh, was great. I saw um, a bunch of great uh, graduate students who are currently in the Masters of Fine Arts and Creative Writing program at Oregon State. Uh, so I went cool. over to the booth, uh, introduced myself, and uh, let them know that if for any of the various uh, publications I work for, it's like if you submit any work, say you go to Oregon State in the cover letter, and it's an automatic acceptance. <laughs> um, and this one girl, shout out Kaylee, uh, FYI, and uh, was like, yeah, like I, I love Oregon State. I like going to the games. I don't really write about sports, though, or whatever. And then after like 10 minutes later, uh, she's like, wait a minute, I did write about the research stadium demolition. And I was like, that that's what I'm talking about. Like, that's what I want. So I think I'm, I think the under review will be getting a research stadium demolition essay in this next uh, nice. cycle. So, uh, nice. Uh, so shout out to the great teachers and the great students at the Harvard of the Pac-12. Uh, I let them know that, too, because they were like, I was like, I love the Harvard of the Pac-12. They were like, what's that? I was like, it's Oregon State. Like, come on. this That's the second one that needs to catch on more. <laughs> we see a lot of Paris of the Pacific Northwest on social media. I want Harvard of the Pac-12 to catch up a little bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, so sorry, JP, that interrupted your uh, your your boots on the ground journalism of a <laughs> gymnastics senior day. Yeah, but I was gonna say I took I was I took a picture of Penelope right outside of Dixon, and as I was snapping the photo, I actually thought because we were like I don't know a hundred feet from the Dick Fosbury statue, and I was like, oh, I should go Ooh. get a picture of her there. Uh, and then I turned around and realized that the line to get into Gill for the gym mm -hmm. meet was wrapped around two sides, two and a half sides of Gill. It was wow. crazy because most of the seats are GA and student seats are also obviously first come, first serve. Um, it was nuts. That's so awesome. It was nuts. I have never been to Gill for anything ever that was this <laughs> chaotic inside outside everywhere it was incredible it was absolutely incredible so shout out beaver nation we, we so congratulated cool. everybody yeah. last week and talking about how cool it was that it sold out well didn't just like sell out and like tickets were you know just not used i think they oversold tickets there right. were people just standing in the walkways and breezeways all what? Yes. What's the name of the Corvallis fire marshal who always gave us a hard time? Oh, I bet that guy's still around. And I bet he was <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> Damn it, why can't I remember his name? Oh, I had so many conversations with this guy. <laughs> oh, you mean when Benny and I did a bonfire at the fraternity like four feet away from the... <laughs> 
in the house. <laughs> oh man, my feelings are still hurt from getting yelled at by the. I I, I didn't yell older. at you. I didn't yell at you. <laughs> that was our chapter advisor who yelled at you. <laughs> <laughs> he yelled at me so hard. <laughs> Another time you got yelled at was when the lines were this crazy at Gill ahead of uh, getting tickets to the USC game on a crisp fall morning in two thousand eight. And you cut the line and everyone booed you because some asshole <laughs> pie caps were holding a spot for you. And I re- I still hadn't gotten there yet. And you guys were like, yeah, Terry, we'll hold a spot for you. And I called while I was on the way to ask where you were. And I remember you telling me, it was like, yeah, just come to the front. No one cares. There haven't been any problems or anything. And I was just like, that's a weird sentence. And just the way I happened to be going, I didn't walk along everyone. So I just kind of popped up and no one booed me. And Ben was like, no one booed you? What the hell? They were all so mean to me. (laughs) Yeah, you cut like 5,000 people in line to get student tickets. We all knew we were going to beat the number one team in the country. Oh, man. I'm happy. I'm elated to hear that that kind of atmosphere was provided for Oregon Dude. State Gymnastics on a very special day. Yeah, that's It was very a cool. regular season attendance record all time, and it wasn't by like 20 or 30. The meet had 8,859 fans in attendance at Gill, which might be one of the biggest sellouts at Gill in a long time for any event That's in what Gil. I was going to say. Yeah. Um, the, the regular season record for gymnastics – was set back in 1997, and that was 7,583. So this blew that out of the water by almost 1,300 additional tickets at an arena that has had the same seating chart and setup (laughs) for a 100 years. So (laughs) pretty impressive. But again, this isn't anything new. Uh, Previously, the number 10 most attended meet at Gill Coliseum or at uh, for gymnastics regular season attendance history was this year uh, against Arizona where they had 6,042. So people are showing up, taking note that this program is continuing to rise like crazy. I think they're now number 11 in the country, but man, that meet was so much fun. It was so much fun. Like there, I don't think I've been at an event for Oregon State that had that many people squarely focused and also enclosed to the point where every cheer and like every crowd interaction was magnified. Um, it was incredible. It was, I mean, insanely memorable. I don't even know how, what other words to put to it other than like, I've never had anything like that in recent times. What even like a big games at Reser, right? Where the crowd gets really crazy. And I and I'll always say like Reser is one of the best home field advantages in college football. But this was like a different level of excitement. It was just right. insanely fun. Where were your seats? So by the time we got in there, um, there was every single like sideline seat was full to like the top rows. <laughs> like <Right. laughs> I'd be up there next to the murals if we went up there and I wasn't going to lug my, uh, you know, 36 week pregnant wife, uh, six year old and two year old <laughs> up to the, the upper rows right. of Gill Coliseum. So we got really lucky, but they said, yeah, the, the, uh, lower level is completely filled. It, you, like there's no seats available. Um, and everything GA or anything remaining is up upstairs so we go upstairs and we walk into section one right there in the corner uh was a spot with our backs at the top row of that lower section 
So yeah, yeah I know what you're talking about. Yeah, we. I mean, honestly, it was pretty great. We it was hard to see. It was hard to see the vault uh, and the beam there on the other side, but we were right there on the bars, and we had a great like kind of corner view of the floor. Dope. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Just listening to you talk about how cool it it was is like cool to hear. It, yeah. it obviously had a ton of hype to it, and um, and that's awesome. I I think like I don't know if I just missed it or like it didn't seem like there was very much hype around the gymnastics program when we were in school, and it's really cool to see that that's become a thing now. Um, and yeah, very cool. Yeah, Funky Paul Molina and Katie the Goat came, and oh hell yeah. Nice. Yeah, and, and Funky Paul Molina reminded us that uh, we did all go to one meet in college, freshman year, sophomore year. I'm not sure. Um, and I'll be embarrassed to say that I, I remembered this and I think I stayed for like 30 minutes and then it was like, I'm leaving because I didn't understand any of it at all. Mm. The scoring, right. everything else. <laughs> And so I was like, I just, what I don't even know what I'm watching. Um, and yeah, I think that was the only time I went. And I knew it's just true. The school didn't do a great job at promoting anything really outside of basketball, not even women's basketball, but men's basketball and yeah. football at that time. Did they even do a good yeah. job of promoting basketball? I guess they put a lot of effort yeah. into the Beaver Dam. They put a lot of effort into the Beaver Dam. Like one sure. time. Was there really much effort, not to keep shitting on the administration from like 2006, 2007, was there really much effort put into the Beaver Dam behind one montage of fans at games to a fucking Fort Minor song? JP, please play five seconds and remember the name by Fort Minor. <laughs> That's the uh, only thing that I remember. And even 19-year-old me being like, that it just doesn't really look fun. <laughs> like, yeah. I know that it can be fun, but we're not doing a good job making it look fun. Yeah. Uh, but also you uh got you and your kids got a picture with Mad Dog herself. We did, yeah. Our our our, our super senior. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was great to to be there for the the senior day events and see everyone with the, their families. And the seniors got you know so much love showered on them. And um, I I think it was really cool that Beaver Nation was even acknowledging you know when it was their final event um, and really giving them a nice send off from Gill Coliseum. And after after the conclusion, not only did we secure a, a victory, but we also secured the title of co Pac-12 champions right by beating Utah uh on Saturday. So Which... we had the trophy out there on the floor. So they had a trophy presentation. <laughs> they had uh another like you know more uh family oriented senior day presentation where they got photos, they had to come out with their families and whatnot. Um and then shout out Shout out, I believe, to be uh, Maddie Dagan's mom wearing a when in doubt, dance it out hoodie on the yeah. floor, onto the mat for photos. Was amazing to see that. Was really, really excited. Yeah. Um, I'm a mad dog. Yep. Yep. And after, so after the meet was over and they were still celebrating and all the, all the stuff was done, um, we hung out around for a little bit and, Shout out, shout out Maddie's sister, Lacey, uh, a coach on, on the staff for Oregon State, ex-Oregon State gymnast. Um, saw her, caught her attention and said, hey, just let Maddie know we're over here. If she wants to say hi, we'd love to say hi. If not, like, it's cool. Uh, and Lacey was like, oh, 100%, absolutely, I'll be right back. And she, like, ran off, like, just sprinted off. 
to go to go get Maddie for us, which is amazing. Uh, it felt it felt you know very nice to to have somebody give us a, you know that kind of acknowledgement, which we didn't really need. We were just hoping to just say hi or get a picture if she was available. Um, and yeah, she came over. She gave us a hug. She said hi. We asked for a picture. She was talking with us. She was you know trying to get Penelope to to look at the camera and not pick her nose. It, but we yeah we did end up with a good photo and uh yeah i mean all, all in all it was just it was it was a great it was a great time um we saw somebody who was working the event and i was trying to figure out who this was but uh they were wearing a, the original chop em t-shirt yeah. i love i love that shirt i yeah. love that chop em script <laughs> yeah I, I, I like i still like the festival tribute chop em script the best but i'm glad that we still have the throwback chop em on our website yeah me too and, and they were out there you know like swapping out equipment and doing things so they were clearly like game day operations in some way um so shout out to them uh there was people in line like waiting to see if they could see or meet maddie after the after the meet and uh a bunch of them were wearing mad dog gear which was so cool to see um i saw that the uh <laughs> The young woman and her father, I believe, um, who had their leash signed by Maddie Dagan and, and then and the, uh, then later the rest of the team. Um, and I saw the leash. I saw the dog. That was very cool. Uh, oh, man. There, were, there was just like there was so much. Oh, other game day operations staff. Shout out to them. So they had tables out all over around the main areas of of Gill. And, you know, we showed up with like 100 Mad Dog stickers. Um, and we're handing them out and, and telling people, you know, it's for, it's for Maddie Dagan and supporting Maddie. And this is her logo. We helped her with, to, to sell some merch for her. And, um, you know, once you're inside though, it's kind of like everyone's focus goes on the event in front of them, not like some random person handing out stickers. So I went up to the tables where the game day operations people, I guess meet day operations people were handing out 10 signs you know like uh posters mm -hmm. for a, a 10 score and said hey can you hand out some of these stickers uh can i leave them on the table and they're like oh yeah absolutely every single table i went to like absolutely i would notice when i'd walk away they'd, they'd all each grab their own sticker which <laughs> i loved but then i saw a couple of them walking around gill later and they were like dude we got rid of those stickers like they people were grabbing them in like seconds uh like all of them were gone within a minute like it was like they were like shocked about it, but yeah, it was cool. I think a, a lot of people were really excited to, to send Maddie and the seniors off. And uh, I'm sure it was a, a fun surprise to see that there was also, you know, random stickers just on tables throughout. They're dope throughout stickers. Kill. Yeah, they are really cool. I saved you guys yeah. these ones. These are the only ones left. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, nice. man. We, we might need to, we might need to re-up the stickers. Yeah. Um, that, that's amazing. <laughs> um, well, shout out to... That's just dope that like, like, I love that they have 10 signs to, to hand out. I love that there was clearly a, a coordinated effort to try and turn the meat into a sellout. Uh, and yeah, it's just, that's, that's just so Oregon state to me. <laughs> and I, I love that. It was such a great atmosphere. They should have signs next time that just says, show me the blemish to get the, <laughs> right. get, get the crowd. Riled there was up. a couple of and, those moments. And, but also, but we still made Utah delete their silly little graphic. Yes, yes, we Claim, did. Claiming championship that didn't include us. Yep. <laughs> Got it done. That's Beat awesome. Utah. Uh, so, yeah, so shout out to, to Maddie, of course, but also the uh, other seniors uh, who are on the the squad, uh, Caleb Bird, uh, Jenna Domingo, uh, and also uh, Christina Peterson, 
Um, I believe those were the four honored at the correct the meet, um, JP. Um, so yeah, thanks for everything you've done for Oregon State Gymnastics. But we ain't done yet, as a great man once said. Uh, <laughs> and I know Warren DeGray uh, hooked us up with some info. We've got Pac-12s and NCAAs, as you alluded to, JP, number 11 team in the nation right now. In the nation. Uh. What can we expect next? What should we be focusing on? What should we be putting in our calendars and highlighting in the brightest orange font our Google Cal is capable of mustering <laughs> to make sure we don't miss? Um, I believe they start on Saturday. And this last year, if you guys remember, was very confusing for us. We really had no idea what session, what when we would be uh, participating, I think – both of us or all of us um, that were tuning in missed each time like we were actually on and we were like, wait, wait when did that happen? Um, so this comes from Warren Domus, Gray. Warren uh, Domus, yep. That's right. Who, who sent us some insider info. And this is, I don't know how true this still holds up um, now as you know things have progressed through the week, but uh, supposedly Oregon State would be a session two team which means that the Pac-12 championships would start at Maverick Center in Utah, which is weird, um, at 5 p.m. Pacific on Saturday, March 18th. If you wanted to watch this live, you can. It's on the Pac-12 National Network. Uh, but there's a caveat that says each session should also be available on the regional networks of the teams uh, in each session. So if you were trying to watch Oregon State specifically, you're probably going to want to watch the Pac-12 Oregon mm. broadcast of session two. And I think that's where last year we went wrong was we were watching just the Pac-12 network and they kind of bounce around and not get not get every score. So that is the coolest use of the Pac-12 network of channels that I've ever heard of. Being able to follow specific schools around in the gymnastics meet. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah. And yep. Uh, you'll be able to watch it live on your computer, mobile device. You can, the, every single uh, event will have its own camera and stream. So uh, try to tune in. They might be, they might have a unique way to watch them all at one time. Um, but I'm not, I'm not holding my breath for any sort of like innovation on this front. Dang it. <laughs> well, dope. I can't wait. I'm annoyed that. I've started to see a shitload of SEC gymnastics on ESPN and SportsCenter a lot. And just there's just not that same love for Pac-12 gymnastics, even though it's easily just as good of a conference uh, in the easily. sport. So, God damn it. But anyway, at least we've got we've got the hookup. We lear we've learned from our mistakes. Uh, there will be no blemishes detected, at least, uh, at least through these eyes. Um, so best of luck. To Tanya Chaplin and Oregon State Gymnastics, uh, looking looking for that natty. Coming for us. I know it. This team is peaking. They are absolutely soaring right now. The vibes are immaculate. Yeah, for sure. Yep. So, yep. hell yeah, gymnastics. And shout out once again to everyone, all 8,859 of you that made that day special. I know the gymnasts will never forget it. And just another another reminder why we're part of Beaver Nation. We are the luckiest people alive. That That is a testament to sort of what JP said of how well we're doing right now. When you break your home attendance record in history by as many uh, people as what you did for for this uh, meet um, sort of points to you being in a, a, a really good position going into the postseason. So I'm excited. Oh yeah. I'm excited too. 
Um, should we move from the mat to the diamond? Yeah. Or would you rather go to spring football? No, let's go to the diamond. Let's go to the diamond. Let's go to the diamond. So first, on the Good Vibes train on Tuesday, uh, by virtue of beating the San Diego Toreros at Goss Stadium, Mitch Canham becomes just the latest Oregon State baseball coach to accumulate a hundred wins at the helm of the best damn baseball program in the country. So congratulations to you, Mitch. Uh, the bad news is that we lost the series to Wazoo for the first time since 2016 and people are kind of freaking out again. We are not freaking out. I know we're not here, but just uh, a testament to the, the mixed bag, at least um, for, for baseball. Um, so yeah, what's, uh, what's going through your guys' minds here? Uh, with, you know, obviously we had uh, a strong start to, to the season, winning every series and uh, with climb, climbing rankings. But it seems like, you know, now uh, the people who are maybe not giving Oregon State credit at the beginning of the year uh, just took back any minimal credit that they had afforded us. And it looks like we're kind of uh, not in the ranking conversation anymore after dropping a series at the Cougs. I know it's only March seems crazy to me to be freaking out at a time like this but you know like what's uh what what do you what do you what are you guys thinking now uh re Oregon State baseball yeah we're I mean we're talking about uh two games and I think the first chunk of the year that that we've seen from Oregon State before those two games against Washington State uh overwhelmingly shows that this team is very talented um and has the ability to bounce back so um i don't think that this is a trend i think it was just two games um and we'll see them back on track next weekend we're, we're only 11 and four <laughs> we're only 11 and four <laughs> yeah i'm in agreement i will say though i understand some of the the concern because i think the biggest issue that it wasn't about really replacing you know chirpy or or any anyone in the staff um that really held it down for us in a lot of these weekend uh matchups last series last season um it was about letting those that young the young arms develop but then taking some of that like raw talent that we have on the offensive side and then making ourselves a more offensive focused team uh we had one hit on sunday and that was our dude Tanner Smith. So shout out Tanner for avoiding the no no. Mm -hmm. And that's just not that's just not a good look. I mean, I, I think obviously there's um there's ebbs and flows to a season. And I think that Washington State had a lot to prove. I think they had lost the last five series against us going back you know, a couple of years. They uh have uh Greg Fuchs, that guy Fuchs. Um yeah. And, <laughs> That's right. you know, I think he was pretty fired up to return back to Corvallis and face his former team. And I, I think that energy might have resonated through the rest of that squad and, and the chip on their shoulder about just not being able to do it against Oregon State really motivated them. And, and Friday went fine. Saturday, whatever. Sunday was just rough. It was just rough. And this team, and can I acknowledge this, the team needs to, like, you know, play with some aggression. Like they need to have um, some, like a bit of an attitude out there. Uh, and I think Tanner alluded to this in an interview as well. He he had said that um, they came out with a lot of energy, and it kind of shook us in a way that like we weren't able to play our game. And that's you know obviously a paraphrase, but uh, yeah, I, I I'm curious to see where it goes. It's still very early, so I'm not I'm not like saying oh shit we're screwed this year. 
Um, we have a ton of young talent. Things can develop very, very drastically throughout the course of one season when you're this talented as this team is. But they just can't have those deep valleys like they had on Sunday. Like they, like right. it just you can lose a game, but you can't lose like that because I, I, I don't think as much as everyone wants to believe that you can, you can't just like put a game like that behind you. That's that right. that hangs on you. It is also worth mentioning that while it's been a while <clears throat> since losing a series to the Cougs, the Cougs are 13 and two. Sure. They look like <laughs> a pretty good team. Right. And Oregon State, we got good pitching out of our starters on on Thursday or on Friday and on Sunday. So I, it, it kind of just feels like one of those series where things just didn't come together. And I mean, who knows? It's so early in the season. Like these teams, you know, we're going to play 40, 50 more times. Uh, every team is. But the Cougs don't look like shit. Right. <laughs> they look pretty good. I think they beat. At, they were at the Tony Gwynn Classic. They beat San Diego State 14 to 1. Uh, I don't claim to know how good San Diego State's supposed to be this year, but that's a reputable program that is often good. And fucking Tony Gwynn went there for God's sakes. So <laughs> I think it's just, you know, I, it's like to quote MJ, bump in the road. We will see uh, what, what, what happens with uh, some of these upcoming games. Uh, I think probably a factor is one of the biggest uh, anticipated college baseball series of March is us at Stanford. Uh, you got that's just a couple heavy hitting programs. Stanford's very highly ranked this year, and I think maybe there's a chance we we uh, got excited and and looked looked ahead on the calendar and cl climb climb some future steps before climbing the ones in front of us. So I think this is a, a big midweek series with Nevada at Goss to try and get right. And then, you know, if you win that series at Stanford, no one cares about what happened against Wazoo. Right. Nobody. So is it something or nothing? It's hard to say right now, but I don't think it's worth freaking out about it. Agreed. Yeah. And Gary Bazana did not seem freaked out when he appeared through the fireplace at the <laughs> Australian <Forest. laughs> he, he seemed very confident, but maybe that was just because he knew he was going to beat Benny and I's ass asses at Knifey Spoonie. Probably. <laughs> That's probably why. That is that is probably why. Uh, that is probably why. Uh, softball, man, also struggling. Uh, it doesn't seem fair at all. <laughs> Because uh, of all of all of the injuries that just uh, keep on uh, accumulating for the squad, but uh, there is there there is some good news. The team uh, returns to Kelly Field uh, this week with just a you know a, a pesky uh, six game losing streak looming. Uh, so some some home cooking against a, a team like Cal uh, could be all that all that's needed. But uh, the the first game of that series in Salt Lake City against Utah not so good. But that's two two uh, one run losses on uh, on the deal on th Thursday on Friday. Sorry, and on Saturday. I'm still my time is so fucked up with being <laughs> on West Coast and then daylight savings. But well, yeah. and also like I I can't remember which game it was. Um, but they they got interrupted a bit by a you know weather delay right and this is i think i mean as at that point it was they were they were mounting you know a bit of a rally at least and it just, it just kills you you know and like mm -hmm. what are you supposed to do you can't you can't fight the forces of nature and um whether it's an injury or a lot of injuries 
or it's the weather delay that interrupts your rally. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that, uh, like Terry said, some good home cooking is going to be serving this team well. Getting back to Kelly. Maybe the new scoreboard will be up. I did, I forgot to go check that out when I was down there this last weekend. I know it's in the works, and there's no scoreboard there now, so... <laughs> Something's got to tell the crowd what inning it is and how many strikeouts Sarah Hennigas has. But uh, this um, this should be you know good for the team to get back and play in front of the of Beaver Nation. And I hope people show out for this. And you know we might get some good weather this weekend, at least dry. So get out and show some love. Yeah, it uh, if the team can figure a way to turn this around, it, you this first part of the season is going to be absolutely exactly what they needed, right? Like it's, it's certainly teaching them how to deal with adversity. So um, the, this is a sort of circumstance where like, if you do make the run, you can look back at this as being really valuable to um, valuable to h- how you compete going forward. Yep. For sure. It's just annoying. It sucks. I, I feel so bad for, for, for those kids and the players who are injured and then also the teammates who, you know, ha- have to, you know, pick up the slack in a very, very unfair way, especially coming off of such an incredible run. It's just, it ain't fair, y'all. It ain't fair. So they'll get past um, the adversity. They'll do it. And I have faith. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, well, also that smell, that smell of glory of looming championships and top 25 rankings. <laughs> That's the smell of spring football in the air, my oh. dudes. <laughs> DJ Uyunglele is in Corvallis and he's throwing passes, you guys. Oh man! Wow, I'm excited. Did you guys see the? Uh, not to distract against from DJ, but did you see the pass? The video of the pass from Aiden? Uh, no, no. Oh, I have been standing on a convention floor for six straight days, so oh, I have man. not seen videos, but. I love hearing about this. Do you know how excited I am to be excited about our quarterback play? Like really <laughs> excited. Such yeah. a like new feeling. It's amazing. Uh, dude, so there's a video. I gotta find it. Um, but it was uh it was remarkable. I wish I could find the video now. I'm looking for it too. Yeah, this is the part of the podcast where we look things up. Oh. You find it? Yeah, I'll send it to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Do the play by play, Benny. So the ball's in the air and it looks oh like it's going. God. Really far, and they I, I caught the receiver right in stride. That looks pretty amazing. Did Mike Parker just join the pod? <laughs> wow, <laughs> what what a play by play! Put me on ESPN. Oh, <laughs> I would love that. I want Mike Parker and Benny calling games together. <laughs> I just wouldn't say anything. <laughs> He's just so good at talking and talks exactly. very fast. Exactly. Wait, no, but this isn't the video. There's a video. All right, whatever, whatever, whatever. No, this is important. Wow, this is great podcasting. Yeah. Whether there's a video or not, our listeners can't see it. Yeah, but we can tell them what's on it. (laughs) I just came up with highlights from the All-American game that Aiden was playing in, and oh, those are really good, too. This is what, so Jonathan Smith says, launch it. That's what he tells them, launch it. I like that terminology. Yeah, and then he... I mean, he could have thrown that shit to Mars, man. It was a hell of a ball. So be sure to check out the new Launch It shirts on belligerent. <laughs> yeah. Actually, merch. we had a listener who did That's say that. Where was Whoa. it? So, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was the same pass, though. It was the same pass, but it was a different angle. Mm, damn. Yep. Whew. 
Wow. Woo! I'm like all blushed in the face now. <laughs> blushed in the face. Isn't it flushed in the face? Yeah. Uh, I'm blushed, all flushed. Flushed, flushed. You flushed that uh, blush. Yeah. Anyway, uh, anyone who gets in our way is going to be crushed. What up? Okay. Uh, anyway, moving on from that, our guy Joe Freeman for the Oregonian, after the first practice, wrote a, a great feature of, of the quarterbacks and just how that is the will be the center of attention uh, of this spring camp for Oregon State. And I, I don't think there's been this much focus on it for a while. Uh, but a lot of good uh, quotes from Gil Branson, especially. I think he, Aiden, and DJ have been talking uh, for a while and have been organizing uh, throwing sessions with receivers for a while. Uh, obviously, right now, spring camp, that's when camaraderie is the easiest. Uh, but it does. It really <laughs> looks like that the the mixture of competition and camaraderie is you know, really, really helping uh, this unit grow. Uh, and that there's an understanding of how how much fucking talent is just in that room and uh, divided between between the three of them. So I think one of the most underrated parts of that whole situation, too, or I shouldn't say underrated, but one that's not being talked about is the importance of Goldbranson starting against a lot of these defenses last year. I think that w- that's so rare that you have such a talent with DJ. You have such a high ceiling with Aiden, and then you have someone that can watch the tape with them and know firsthand, like, this is what they're trying to do when they show this. Like, that experience that he had from last year, um, and and that is, I guess, implying that Branson isn't going to be the starter. There's a chance that he would be, too, but... Um, I, I think that just having that experience in the film room is going to be so vital, um, and, and so important for, you know, the, the success that we'll see from, um, you know, DJ and and Aiden this year. Yeah. It's, it's exciting. (laughs) Y'all I'm just, I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch this Aiden Childs throw. There you go. While you watch that and and maybe you give it a stab. No. Maybe you get a stab for doing play by play. Oh, you want you want me to do ain't a beaver voice? Play? No. <laughs> yeah, not Mike Parker, a beaver. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> you have to do it in a beaver voice. It's only because oh, who who was it? Is this Alyssa? Yeah, Alyssa. Alyssa in the Discord. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> what's, what's and Warren said he missed that? it. Beaver fam, if you're not in the Discord, you got to join our Discord. There's we go down memory lane quite a bit, and this one is a good bit that we talked about last know. week that it's some listeners remember. It's, it's our it's our worst bit. It's our, no, our worst bit's the beer, but the vices bit. We know that this uh, is no, our not. best That's bit. That's why one. it's only happened once. We have a one for one, one hundred percent success rate in this bit, where everyone who heard it loved it, laughed about it, still laughs about it. <laughs> And now you're required to do the play-by-play of the launch it video in a beaver voice. Fuck the thing about this is I imagine it through the the lens of Mr. and Mrs. Beaver in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, who had eloquent, beautiful voices and were voiced by humans. <laughs> um wait so am i playing the part of jonathan smith or or, or just, no you're just you're you're play? you're doing the play-by-play as a as a beaver and don't make me make this more complicated because i could tell you do the play-by-play as bernice beaver oh <laughs> uh, well, get into character 
Oh my god. Well, who, wait, who is the receiver, first of all? Oh, it's that card. That's that. Yeah. Card. Okay. From County, California. Hey, Charles, you Hey, Charles, that's a snap. He's under center. He's playing back. He's got car deep. He's got car deep. You can hear Jonathan Smith saying, Monster for the silence. He's like, it's up for the edge, the Remember Fulling Father, the Little Fucking Life. And it's. He can't catch it in the next round! And it's how it's not caught in the next round! for Father's Life! All the singers were going to reject him for fucking actively in the next round for Father's And the Wicked Witch is dead! Dude, I was hoping so bad that your girlfriend was going <laughs> to pop her head around that corner behind you. <laughs> She literally just broke up with me. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Well done. I'm going to play some claps sounds right now. Round of applause. Well, thank well you for tuning in to the 87th and final episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, good job. I, why, do, why do we do this? No, not not good. I think next time you should do it as Bernice Beaver. I don't you even know. Actor. I, I don't mm-hmm. know what that means. And no, I should not. Yeah. <laughs> That was so uh, good. Usually, usually, I will accept compliments no matter what, but on this one, <laughs> you shut the fuck up, BB. <laughs> shut the fuck out. Shut the fuck out. <laughs> we need to make shirts that say that. Shut the- <laughs> We're going to NIL deal with the guy who got oh punched. Oh, my God. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> I would rather get punched in the face at Lakanga than redo what I just did. Oh man! I did oh, punch you in the face of Lakanga. We have photographic proof that from just is, over a year ago. That, that that was some good acting. Yeah, See? I wasn't there because I was. Do you guys remember I was peeing in the bushes and the the cop? Why by? would I remember that? Well, you wouldn't because you guys Hard walked to... off and pretended to do yeah. a punch and in front of Lakanga. Who took the photo of us? Skins. Oh yeah, skins. <laughs> Super secret. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. No, you got cop, and you got caught, and the cops. And aren't you a little old to be peeing in public in Corvallis, <laughs> sir? <laughs> sir, ten years older than me. And then I ran away, yelling, "I'll always be a senior." <laughs> You'll never catch me. <laughs> it is. It oh, is near God. St. Patrick's Day. The leprechaun in oh, you needs God. to come out. Oh, this right. is the last episode we'll record before St. Patrick's Day. Hey, yeah. happy St. Patrick's Day. Day. That's too bad. So happy St. Patrick's Day to, yeah. to all of you. Uh, true Ralu Ralura. And yeah. You know, uh, my I, favorite St. Patrick's Day video ever is the. the <laughs> no, I don't. The the Birmingham, <laughs> Alabama newscast of the people oh, seeing a leprechaun the, in the tree. Yeah. That is that the is amateur the sketch really, really seals it. And, <laughs> yeah. and, the, and the flute that was and passed the down flute. through generations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I, miss, uh, I yeah. miss the old internet, man. Me too. The old internet was so good. It was, you know, like no threats, no fighting, just vibes, just leprechauns and vibes, and Bub Rub and Lil Sis and the whistle yes. tips and the whistle oh, yeah. and the whistle go. It looks like a leprechaun to me. All you gotta do is look up in the tree, and if you've seen the leprechauns, say yeah. Like, come on. The internet used to be a glorious place. Yeah, or like, or you know, stumble upon. Oh, R.I.P. Stumble upon that. That man. made the internet. That made the, that made the internet expand. Ben, did you ever fail a class because of stumble upon? 
every one of them. They no, failed. because it gave me all the information that I needed for the class on Stumble Upon because it it's it's topics it, it were so vast. Yeah, it ran the gamut. Yeah, uh, yeah, much more educational than a uh, chat roulette. <laughs> <laughs> that roulette. Uh, arguable. <laughs> we certainly learned a few things on chat roulette. <laughs> oh my god, chat roulette, and oh my god, this episode. Why is it here? Um, JP, if you're accidentally not recording, that would be great. Uh, but I think you are because the recording button is up in the upper left hand corner. Uh, and that means this is the 87th episode of the Belligerent Beast podcast for better and for worse. Much, 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 much worse. <laughs> um, but thank you, Beaver fam, once again for tuning in to another episode of the most ridiculous Oregon State podcast on the internet. We sincerely appreciate it. Uh, if you haven't already, please like, subscribe, rate, review. Give us five stars on Apple Podcasts, five stars on Spotify Podcasts and five stars wherever else you might get your podcast and please 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 recommend the show to a friend you can tell them this they can skip the speak like a beaver segment um which i will be unpacking with uh, my therapist about 10 hours from now uh <laughs> here in central standard time and also follow each of us on twitter and on instagram i am at terry horstman on Twitter and at Terrence Horstman on Instagram. Uh, joined as always, as I am by my two beloved co-hosts, JP Bertram in Portland at the underscore trio underscore J on Twitter because he's too trio to be real and at JP Bertram on Instagram. And who I got the pleasure of hanging out with in person yesterday, hey, Benjamin Lawrence, Sebastian Weehags. We hate, we hate, we hate, we, we hate, we hanged out yesterday. Uh, Benjamin Lance, Sebastian, we hate. He's Benny with the good quaff. Benny Bedlam because he's fucking crazy, folks. Benny Bull Game, Benny Blastoff, and he's at Benny L nineteen eighty six on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow the show on Twitter at Belige Beeves. And on Instagram at belligerent beeves. Find us at belligerentbeeves.com. Get your dope shit at belligerentbeeves.com slash merch. Uh Maddie Dagan merch, Ryan Brown merch, the Chopham mm. shirts. Mm. Uh we've got we'll have we'll have some we have some stuff that is coming back and coming back for the second time and coming back for the first time. Uh shout out to Claire Eagle who bought merch in front of me in Seattle at Project Nine Brewing Company in Ayo. Seattle. Uh, this week and would have bought more if we had more available if we had uh, some of the shirts that were sold out not sold out but well they're coming back god damn it and uh, please share the show with a friend I already asked that but now I'm asking nicer and more <laughs> um, best oh, wait, of, wait, wait. Best... and please share the show with a friend yeah <laughs> if you play if you play if you have a friend you play pickleball with you have to share it with them it's legal oh, I do yeah I do that's what that's what JP is about to do. He's about to go play pickleball. I'm telling the listener that if they play pickleball, that they have to share their friend with a friend, Jay. Yep. Um, and yeah, we will see y'all again next week. Have a safe and wonderful St. Patty's Day. Eat eat some fish and chips. Drink some drink some Guinness. Maybe dive in a a green dyed river if if that's if that's your thing. Uh, best of luck to all Oregon State Athletics still in uh, competition. Join our bracket pools for the men's and women's basketball tournaments coming up. Uh, the ball is tipped. And here we are. 
and join us again next week for an all new episode of the Belligerent Bees podcast. And no matter what, no matter what happens on your St. Patrick's Day, no matter how many more players anywhere get injured, no matter how many more idiots try and talk like beavers and have weird interpretations of what beavers sound like and how they would speak English if beavers could speak English, you cannot spell chapo without hope. So, chapo. <laughs> Chop them. Chop them. And please bring back my wife, Bernice. <laughs> and eat those oysters and look into my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>